Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 41. It's now been exactly 13 weeks since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive eating rather than heading for the chips. And today when we come back from listening to our inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go, the beautiful song by Josh Woodward, I'm actually gonna take you on a bonus walk because today is 13 weeks since we began this experiment and I felt like just walking and talking off the cuff to revisit where I started. So I'll see you in a bit after I think about what I'm going to let go today. But I'm letting go, I'm letting go, it's a history that never really grows, I'm letting go. brave companions. Well, I guess what I'm going to let go today is the whole idea that I know what I'm going to talk about. Because tell you the truth, I don't. All I know is it's a really pretty day. It's around 7 a.m. here in Southern California. I'm walking in the local park that I began my podcast in. I hear birds, sprinklers. You might hear a little bit of traffic, my breathing, <laughs> footsteps, who knows? But if you were with me since the beginning, or if you've gone and downloaded all of the podcasts since the beginning, you know that I started this show, Compulsive Overeating Diary, as an experiment by putting on my recorder, walking out of my house, and telling you guys, Compulsive Overeating, star date forever, <laughs> because that's what it felt like to me. It felt like I've been dealing and wrestling with compulsive overeating and binge eating forever. My entire life, at least my life and memory, that was who I kind of was. I'm a compulsive eater. You know what? I don't really say that anymore. I say I'm a podcaster. <laughs> I podcast about my thoughts and feelings around compulsive overeating and binge eating instead of heading for the chips. Now, when you tell yourself something enough times, you start to believe it. So amazingly, in the 13 weeks since I've been doing this show, I'm down a little more than 17 pounds, down to 207 and some change. And I don't care that much. I was hoping when I first started that I would be down more in weight because weight is really what triggered me to want to change again. I felt that the mountain, the avalanche of pounds and unconscious eating was just flowing on top of me and I didn't know what to do. So my podcast was my SOS to myself. Do you ever feel that way? Do you ever look at the scale or look in the mirror or catch yourself in the window when you walk by the store and you think, oh my God, who's this? What am I going to do? Well, what am I talking about? <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, of course you've had some, some 
memories or thoughts or feelings like that, right? Because if we struggle with overeating, we kind of struggle with our weight, whether or not to the outside eye, we appear overweight. Okay, some of us do appear overweight, some of us don't. But we still have this perception of ourselves that we are overweight or we wish we were thinner or we think our lives would be better if we didn't weigh so much. This is true. Well, I'm making an assumption and I've got no statistical analytical data outside of my observations in life, right? This isn't scientific. This isn't rocket science. I'm not a scientist, but I would say it's safe to assume if you've got a compulsive overeating issue, you have a body image issue too, where you are equating what you weigh and how you feel you look to how you are as a person and how you're feeling about yourself. Like we all have known this, oh my God, I feel fat kind of a day. And feeling fat is much more than my jeans don't zip. Feeling fat can mean Oh, I feel worthless. I feel like I don't deserve to live. I feel terrible. I mean, I know that's kind of extreme, but those I feel really fat days is kind of my code anyway for things are not good. I'm not feeling good at all about myself. Major, major downer, that. And on the upside, when those pants zip or you're feeling light and airy and, and like you're looking good, when you have those kinds of thoughts, you tend to feel like, wow, I'm doing great. I feel fine. Yay for me. But you know, brave companions, when you are tied so much to the number on the scale or the pants size or even how you are looking at yourself today in the mirror, it can be devastating because you, as we discussed before, have absolutely no control whatsoever about the scale. You can do something absolutely perfectly. You can eat perfectly according to your food plan. You can do all kinds of things and the scale still doesn't budge. It's not guaranteed. So it's always, always really dangerous to tie how you feel inside to something that's outside of your control. Ding, 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 ding. There's the buzzword for us companions, isn't it? Control. Things outside our control drive us nuts. And how many of us, I know it's true for me, really look to that outside validation in order to know, yes, I've gone another day where I can feel okay. I got the A plus, I got the raise, I got the comment, I got the five star review, I got the award, I got the compliments, I got the card, I got whatever it is that comes to give you an outside feeling that you're okay. So many of you brave companions first contacted me because of my pathetic episode number four. That's where I walked around this very same park letting you know my true needy feelings and low self-worth because I felt that I was talking into thin air. 
you know, the whole does the tree fall in the forest thing, I felt like nobody in the world cared what I had to say. Nobody. And the fact that people weren't streaming to the website to comment or leave reviews or do anything to say, yes, I'm listening, proved to me my own theory of low self-worth. I said to myself, see, you're right. You are worthless. You really are pathetic because here you are saying your most innermost thoughts and feelings, your truth, the truth you work so hard to cover up by being capable and funny and trying to be wonderful in every way that you can achieve it. Here you're being yourself and look what's happening. Zilch, nada, nothing. That's why I felt so pathetic, because I went into that episode revealing to you the my secretest secret self, the real Lori, the little Lori, the hurt Lori, the one that feels like a worm and down lower than low. Because I thought if anyone ever got to know me, the real me, without the funny capable mask, the one who isn't doing you a favor, the one who isn't working to make you feel better, the one who isn't turning herself into a pretzel in order to prove to you that you should associate with me, that there would be silence. That's what I thought, silent. Like that forest tree. But what happened, brave companions? You know, if you've been listening at all, how many times have I said, and welcome to this new brave companion, and welcome to that brave companion, because they stepped up and they left me a comment on which episode, which one, which episode has more comments than any other. Some of those brave companions only commented on episode four, the one where I was most myself, most vulnerable, most low, most real. Well, I'm being real right now, but I mean, there was no artificial anything whatsoever about episode four. If there was a way to reach back and pretty that up, my perfectionistic compulsive brain self would still love to go back in time and say, well, could you be maybe not quite so pathetic could you maybe not let people know quite so much how much it hurts you when you're not getting external validation? But let's go ahead in time. It's now 13 weeks later. Many of you have reached out to me on Facebook. A few of you. <laughs> Thank you, Sandy. Thank you, Janet. Thank you, Kendra have even called SpeakPipe or the Bravery Hotline and put your actual voice on this podcast. Which, by the way, if I'm going to make any pathetic plea today, it's Brave Companions, please use SpeakPipe or call the Bravery Hotline at 206-350-6445. Just say hello. I'm listening. Please, just say hello. I know this is a really scary thing. But that's, that's my hope. 
is that we can start to have some more voices on the podcast, not of the experts, not of another psychologist, not of another person, another person telling us what to do, but each other, the companions in the journey that are going through the journey right now. There's plenty of podcasts out there like Alan Standish's Quit Binge Eating. He has a great podcast with specific steps and he has many, many experts in the field. That's what he does. He also has this journey, but he will put the experts on. I'm not about that. I'm about me. Yes, Lori, how self-involved can you be? But I am, I'm about my journey and getting better. And I'm also about being a companion on your journey, a companion, not an expert, not a psychologist, not, not anyone that's going to tell you what to do. Even Bravery Hotline. I'm not going to say, all right, you guys, you call that Bravery Hotline. No, I'm not. I'm going to say, I would really appreciate that. And I know for a fact from the response, when some of you have called the Bravery Hotline or SpeakPipe, my email response tells me that the listeners of this show really enjoy it when they hear the voice the true voice of another companion on the show, even just saying hello or I'm listening. But let me get off of this little promo and back to what I wanted to talk about with you today, which if we go back to the beginning, I have no idea. (laughs) I guess what I'm saying is when you guys send me comments, that gives me a lot of food for thought and that triggers me to think about topics to record shows. And in the last 13 weeks, I've done over 40 shows. Wow, that's slightly more than three shows a week. That's a pretty aggressive recording schedule, isn't it? But I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it a lot. And it's helped me quite a bit. And one reason I bring up my schedule is that my husband Mark and I are celebrating our 20th wedding anniversary this year, this week. So I guess this is like a week of anniversaries, 13 weeks of the podcast. Well, that's, that's like a whole television season anymore, right? I've been producing and recording this podcast for an entire season. I've met brave companion Sandy. In person, we just went bike riding yesterday. She and Mark and I, we went bike riding on the LA River. And now I think we're going to become friends in real life. Isn't that a cool result of walking out of my house and just starting to record my thoughts and feelings and putting them out as a podcast? I've also began many, many email conversations with brave companions or Facebook conversations and gotten to know you a little bit better many of you, many more than comment publicly on compulsiveovereatingdiary.com, email me, Lori, either using the contact form or Lori at compulsiveovereatingdiary.com. And I do my best to answer you and be thoughtful around you. And I have enjoyed the companionship of getting to know you. And I still enjoy it. Boy, Lori, it sounds like you're getting ready to close up shop. No, no, don't get worried. That's not what it is. 
but I do want to tell you that it might be a gap for a while because as Mark and I get ready to go away to celebrate our 20th anniversary, I have no intention of taking my computer or recording podcasts while we're down having a romantic anniversary time. So if you guys need a boost, go back and re-listen to some of my prior podcasts until I return. Also, if you comment to each other, go on Facebook, go on the Spark People team, go on Compulsive Overeating Diary on the Who Are the Brave Companions page. You guys can comment to each other and encourage each other until I come back from my little anniversary trip and start podcasting yet again. And thanks to one of my very original Brave Companions, Crystal. Crystal, I just want you to know that I'm really thinking of you and I'm hoping that you're doing well. And your support on my birthday trip to Las Vegas changed my entire life. Yes, you, Crystal, by reaching out to me, changed my entire life because due to your support, I went to Las Vegas to try out my plan B, which is what I outlined in episode 12, where I finally thought I need to find a way to go to social events or trips without feeling like I have to restrict all of my calories to be successful, or I'm just gonna say what the hell and eat whatever there is and have five or 10 pounds to deal with on my return which would again trigger those horrible fat feelings and failure feelings. I didn't want to go to my birthday and regret it. I wanted to super enjoy the time that my friends gave me by coming to celebrate my birthday with me in Las Vegas. I didn't want to feel like a party pooper and I didn't want to feel like someone who was going all out crazy binge alien. and to negate, I think at that time I'd been doing this for one month. And guess what? Thanks to that support and thanks to my thinking about plan B, I went to my birthday, I didn't gain weight, and I had a wonderful time, and I have confidence. I don't even have fear this time. I know when I go with Mark to celebrate our anniversary, I can have a glass of champagne, I can have the most decadent dessert. I can have Bernays sauce, which I love. (laughs) And if you don't know what Bernays sauce is, that's nothing but egg yolk and butter, pretty much, with a smidgen of tarragon. As a cook in a restaurant in my young years, I used to have to make that sucker. Bernays sauce is a pain to make. It really takes a long time of hand whipping just right. So anytime I go to a fine restaurant, I order Bernays sauce just for the joy of tasting that lovely flavor and me not having had to have made it. (laughs) But I'm not scared. I'm not scared at all. I know that I'm going to come back from my anniversary trip without having gained weight or very little. And even if I gained a little bit of weight, it's going to come right back off because what I've been doing the last 13 weeks is working. I'm down 17 plus pounds. I'm getting to the place where I'm transitioning off of the calorie counting. I no longer do that full time. I do it every once in a while, maybe once every week or two, I will put a day in to spark people to see what my calorie range is. But mostly I now I'm doing more of the intuitive eating. I'm being more successful at that. I can tell better when I'm hungry. I can tell better 
when I've had like a high fitness day like yesterday, I thought, oh my goodness, I'm really hungry because, you know, Sandy, Mark, and I went out and did 15 miles. And that normally doesn't push my body terribly hard at this point. But the day prior, I had gone hiking just for fun. So I had two high activity days in a row. I had hiking and I had bike riding. And my body reached out to me and said, Lori, we are hungry. Give us some food. And in the past, I would have said, but if I give you food, body, <laughs> that means that I'm going to negate all of the calories that I burnt off by doing this long bike ride. So I don't want to do that. I want you to take those calories right off of my ass or my thighs. That's what I want you to do. I don't want you to ask me to give you food right now. But yesterday, my body said, Lori, we're hungry. And I said, okay, it's only 3.30 in the afternoon, but let's have dinner. And that's what I did. At 3.30 in the afternoon, I cooked myself dinner, which included some brown rice, some leftover Chinese vegetables, a little bit of protein, and an organic yogurt from Trader Joe's for dessert. And I ate those foods because that's what I was hungry for. Hungry for is what it means when you have an image in your mind or you, you have a craving. And sometimes these cravings are because you just saw some food that looks good or you smelled some food that looks good or you're at a party or it's time to eat, <laughs> whatever might trigger it. If you're not having a very specific food craving, like, oh my God, cupcake is the thing. Or, you know, I just have to drive down to the bakery and get this particular donut. Or I really could go for a bowl of strawberries right now. If you're having a very, very specific food craving, that usually will either signal you to an emotional thing, or it could be your body's nutrition reaching out for some kind of food that it wants. When you're just feeling, I'm hungry in general, and almost anything will do, I would love some popcorn, I would love some chips, I would love some ice cream, I would love some cereal, I would love anything that you can find. That's where we're getting more into the compulsive territory where probably you're not that hungry in your body at all and you're probably not even having a delicious moment. You know, those moments where you might not even be at a bit hungry but the food is so wonderfully delicious that you are just gotta have some. You know, like when Mark and I went to Las Vegas, we had tiramisu after dinner on my birthday, and I wasn't one bit hungry after my dinner. But they said that their tiramisu was renowned. And I thought, I'd like to taste that. And because I wanted to taste it, a taste was enough. I had a bite or two of that, and it really was renowned. That was great tiramisu. So, brave companions, in my own journey, I still have the days where I'm tempted, where the robot aliens come down and thrust their robot arms through my sleeves and head to the chips and throw those down my gullet. And sometimes I don't know why. More and more, I'm starting to know why and trying to take steps to fix my <laughs> emotional needs in a different way. Sometimes I'm successful sometimes not. It's all a process and since I still weigh 207 pounds 
I've got quite a way to go until I hit probably my body's healthy set point weight. However, that being said, let's imagine that 172 is my body's perfect set point weight and I can effortlessly in the long run float on down to 172 stay there ride my bike go hiking go walking go dancing dance the night away without any trouble i can go down to vegas i can go to hawaii i can go any place that i like and eat this way will i stop podcasting i don't think so because I think my journey with food is ongoing. I think my thoughts and feelings are ongoing. Short term, I don't think you have any worries at all <laughs> about it. Now, I'll be honest with you, if you guys all start feeling like, you know, we've heard Lori now 40 times or 50 times or 60 times, we get it and you stop commenting and stop calling and I'd get no interaction from you I will take that to mean that our conversation is at an end and then I will have to decide if just talking into the thin air is helpful enough to me to keep on going. As you can see from my prior podcast, Daily Adventure Tales, longtime listeners know this story, but I had a really pretty successful podcast called Daily Adventure Tales that I put on hold. It's still on hold because the listeners while they love to download it and listen to it, did not want to participate in it. And I'm all about the conversation. So that one, I said, you know, it is fun, but it's a lot of work to do that one. And I'm just not getting audience response. So I'm going to put that one on hold. And I went to this one. And I went to this one to help myself <laughs> while I was thinking about Daily Adventure Tales. That's probably one of the reasons for the infamous pathetic episode number four. That episode probably wasn't quite so much about you. Because if you recall, the, this podcast was so new, I don't think I even had released episode four when I made it. I don't think I'd even released episode three. I didn't even know I was going to keep this one. But my feelings were still plenty hurt that no matter what I did on Daily Adventure Tales, the people just didn't respond. That hurt my feelings. But brave companions, let's take a look at that lesson. That hurt my feelings. I came to you and told you how I felt in this new venue, and I have never been so happy in a project. My website for kids is a very, very close second, but I, Lori, have never been so fulfilled and happy to date as I am doing this experiment with you, brave companions. So let's say that my wishes had come true and everybody and their dogs started commenting on Daily Adventure Tales. I would have gone on producing that one and I would have had fun, but I wouldn't have felt this core wonderment that I feel in my heart when I'm speaking to you I wouldn't have had that great birthday in Las Vegas because I wouldn't have had the support nor the self-reflection nor the self-knowledge to come up with plan B. I wouldn't have had all of these gifts and blessings that have flowed onto me from that experience of having my feelings hurt by my first podcast. 
So I try to remember that when things aren't going my way, when things aren't perfect, when I'm not perfect, when I feel I screwed up, I remember this. Sometimes your path is directed by the doors that shut. Sometimes something that seems like a failure is really just a guidance to push you along the way. Because when you're on the path that's going to give you joy, I found this with everything looking back from Tunicat, my kids' site, to jobs I've taken or not taken, friends I've made or dropped or got dropped by. But when things are on your path of joy, it feels pretty easy, not effortless, but you don't have that constricted, hard, terrible feeling that comes from some of these other paths where you try to power through. And I think that's true with our eating behavior. I think once you find the way that works for you, you're not white knuckling it anymore. You're still being mindful. You're still paying attention. You're still doing the hard work like exercising maybe or doing some other choices, but it doesn't feel so difficult. It feels achievable. It feels like part of your soul has come to rest and make peace with your mind. And so brave companions, until next time, take good care because I care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. silent